This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is surviving a divorce. Yes. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, the things that science says predict a divorce, and what to not post on social media during a divorce. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who is worried about her friend dating an older divorced man, and another listener who needs some post-divorce dating tips, like when her dates should meet her kid. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. She is a renowned divorce attorney, the creator of the Divorce Dating app. She teaches at Fordham Law School and is the author of The Premarital Planner and The Premarital Journal. She's also the former host of Bravo's Untying the Knot. Please welcome to the podcast, Vicki Siegler. Hi, how are you ladies? Good, we're great. Thank you for coming on. We're so excited because we've never discussed in great detail divorce on this episode, shockingly, for a podcast called This Is Why You're Single. Yeah, it's true. We get a lot of emails, though, and we never quite feel equipped to deal with it because we haven't been through divorces. Knock wood. Um, so we're happy to have you. Yes. <laughs> Very good. But you know what? Definitely an expertise that's needed. It is. It is. It's so needed. Well, before we you know, dive in deep to divorce, let's start with the happy side of what you do. You aren't just helping end marriages. Some of what you do is helping people stay married, such as uh, on your blog, you have a post titled Three Ways to Divorce Proof Your Marriage. Let's talk about these three tips. First one you have is get naked financially. Yeah, that's one of my favorite mantras and sayings. It's let's get naked. You need to financially tell the other person everything that you have. Do you have your Chanel or Corvette account? You need to really let them know about it. You need to tell them what is your credit score. I mean, if you have a terrible score and you can't pay your credit cards in time and your mortgages and all those kinds of things, I think it's important that the other person know that. So getting naked emotionally and financially is one of those things that I believe is really paramount to staying in a happy relationship relationship. Um, Making peace with everyone's past. We always talk about you dated a million people. Maybe you had sex with a million people. You need to accept what happened before you met. I mean, it's a fact. It's an imprint. It's there. It's never going to change. So it's time to accept the past and move on. Um, And I think people need to discuss deal breakers. Are there things that you will not accept in the future? Bad hygiene, um, kind of crazy things in the intimacy side that you wouldn't really delve into, Um, certain religious aspects, political aspects. You need to talk about those things to ensure that you can stay happily married or is it something that's not going to work and you're going to have to say it's a deal breaker, we're done. I'm happy to say Nick and I, I think, did two of the three of these. Yeah. So we we definitely like got naked financially. <laughs> like I had taken out a ton of college loans mm-hmm. and I, I paid like $1,000 a month since I graduated and had $50,000 on my own. And luckily my parents paid like, you know, the, the rest. Um, and I was still on my like last... 10,000 when we were like about to get married. And like, I told him that I'm like, you know, I've paid 40,000 on my own, but I still have like 10,000 left. And like, he was super understanding. He's like, let's like work on this together before, before we get married. And like, he helped me like pay off like the last little bit. But yeah, we had to get, we had to get naked financially. Luckily my credit (laughs) score is like off the hook because I've been like very good at 
paying my my credit cards. Um, that's a good that's thing. But good. you know what? Imagine getting married and finding that out after the fact. And it happens so many times in marriages where you're going through their assets and liabilities. Like, wait a second, he had $100,000 in college and law school loans that I had no idea about. Yeah, I suck. may have thought not to marry somebody like this. So, you know, it goes to show that honesty goes a long way and not being afraid and courageous to say, listen, this is my ish. These are my issues. These are what I have to talk about. But they're mine, but maybe we'll resolve them during the marriage and we can contribute, but at least let's talk about it. Yeah. And luckily, uh, we definitely talked about each other's past because before we were <laughs> married, Angela and I had started doing our sketch show called This Is Why You're Single. So, you know, he we, had no choice. He had no choice but to like <laughs> learn about, about my past. And he's learned a whole lot more since I've started he doing- He took notes, I think. Yeah, since I started doing the podcast. But we never really discussed deal breakers because I think for both of us, that's like, I mean, I it's hard to like bring- I guess it's hard to bring up like, you know, what would I do that would mean you divorce me? It's like, well, what are you going to try to like get to that like limit? And then also it's hard to know until you're in a situation like in my head. It's like, yeah, if someone cheated on me, like without a question, bye bye. But then like you hear stories where it's like people can like work through shit. So also with the deal breakers are hard because I feel like you just don't know till you're there. You You don't and life changes. Yeah. And your your feelings on things change. What would have been some deal breakers that you've seen? clients make well I'm certainly cheating and I think people go both ways in that regard like you just said you know my god everyone says before they get married if you cheat on me it's over with and then all of a sudden you're in it three kids and somebody says well we weren't as intimate as you used to be and then all of a sudden they cheat but you don't want to lose your family so you accept it um so those are you know cheating's one of those things I think people working a lot you don't realize your roles and expectations before you get married versus five, 10 years down the road. Some it's peop- hard to picture like how yeah. you're going to feel right. like if someone's all of a sudden like it's slammed with work and isn't around. You know? Right. I have a couple right now and the wife is a lawyer and she works a lot, but not as much as her investment banker husband. He changed careers and he, he's working 24-7, traveling. She sees him make uh, like two hours a week. Yeah, that's she, not enough. She's like, this is not what I signed up for. So it's something that you don't have a crystal ball about. We try to get people to talk about these things before you get married, but understand things change. So we try to have solid foundations created for people. Even though I'm a divorce attorney, I actually try to help people stay happily married and think about the things to talk about, but it's not foolproof because we don't know what's going to happen down the road. You just hope that they talk about the most important topics. I like that hygiene was on there. <laughs> Can we talk about we that? We talk about that a lot, actually. Yeah, what, you do? What are some of the deal breakers <laughs> you've heard of when it comes to hygiene? Do people all of a sudden just like... Like, get they're stinky? like, you know what, I, I, I know I used to like deodorant, but not as into it anymore. You'd be shocked. The shower situations, people stop showering. They just are like, <laughs> I'll shower on Friday and like resume on Sunday. And that's just not acceptable. But I guess people get so comfortable in their relationships and their marriages. They're like, ah, eh, you know what? Big deal. So I smell a little. So I mean, I think that's crazy and disgusting. But people do things like that. They don't really groom men and women you know, not taking care of themselves, letting themselves go. You know, the toilet seat is like the only the thing we hear about most, the seat up, yeah, down. Yeah, bitched about that. <laughs> I don't I think any woman classic. hasn't. <laughs> yeah, but needless to say, like, I don't think I would, I would not, not I don't think, I would never divorce <laughs> over that. No, I don't think that's a real basis. I think it's a culmination of being messy and dirty and having bad breath and not flossing and gingivitis like these are the things that people come to me and talk to me about as a divorce attorney and I you know I always say 
you know, maybe we can help them. You know, there's people that can help <laughs> get better, you know, at this, but is there, is, it, is there anything else that we can salvage? And most of the time it's an excuse to yeah, leave somebody. Right. I also wonder at, like what you think about this, like if there's any difference between being together for a long time before you get married. Cause I feel like like you and Nick were together for how long? We were together five years before before we got married. So like you definitely didn't rush into a marriage in five and years. And we lived together. And yeah. I, I just, yeah, I think like when it comes to at least the hygiene, like I, we had a good sense of each other's yeah. hygiene. He's not as like, he's not really, he doesn't really want to watch me pop a pimple. I don't, <laughs> I'm probably more fascinated in like his hygiene than, I, than he is in mine, right. which is good. But we're both like, pretty much like extremely clean people like we you shut our, the door when you go to the bathroom yeah like he doesn't like i'm <laughs> we don't oh no i'm down to like pee in front but he doesn't even want to pee in like in front of me and you know what maybe that's for the best it keeps mm-hmm. a little a yes. little mystery yeah, that you know? sanctity yeah. you know there's something there like yeah. you know when people are we'll just use the word fart because whatever we'll just do it because <laughs> i was gonna say fart. flatulate he doesn't fart whatever. in front of me we can say fart in yeah the yeah, yeah it just it's like a weird term but I think that's one thing that turns off a lot of women and especially when like the the gaseous odors come around it's just not sexy and I don't think it's funny like I don't I don't think it's funny at all but yeah he yeah he I got I got really lucky because I just cannot in a million years (laughs) picturing like Nick farting and then being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, come here, baby, kiss me. Like that would never <laughs> happen. I, yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky. I've got like a pretty hygienic guy. I've been bitching about his beard a lot, but like, like I'm, I'm like barely mad about it. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't even think that that uh, would... as long as there's no food in there and he's combing right. it. It's, no, and he's it's clean. gotten really good with the hygiene with it because you know there's like bacteria can get trapped in beards, but he's gotten like the beard oil okay. and like. Yeah, so yeah, it's a well kept beard. What what about Ian? Is do you think hygiene would ever be an issue with Ian? Um, Ian's definitely gaseous, as we were talking about. But um, I don't know. I think he's learned. He he's still learning. We've been together for four years. Okay, uh, so it's a process of learning when he can be gaseous and when he can't. Right, so you but. you asked a good question before, right? It's more yeah. about so is longevity in a relationship kind of a precursor to a great long-term marriage or can it be a problem? And it's funny, I was with my husband for 10 years before we got married for the second time. I was married once for a year and it's worked out perfectly and we know each other, we live together. I believe in cohabitation. A lot of people don't and I think when you live together, you, you know each other's good side, bad qualities, you've got the hygiene issue down, you know what you don't like, you like. But what I see a lot of times in my business is people are together for so long dating, they get married and they get divorced within three to five years. And it fascinates me because you know what you're getting into, you know what you got. Right. And I I don't really have an answer. And I hate to say that because I always want to be that person like, aha, (laughs) I know what the answer is. Sometimes you get complacent. Sometimes you think like there's no one else out there. And then you realize maybe the grass is a little greener, whatever that may be. But I think uh, I'm a huge proponent in getting to know each other and not rushing down the aisle before at least two, the two-year mark of dating. It's like when you hear those stories of people being engaged for like two years and then calling off the wedding mm-hmm. like a week before. You're like, what the? Right. Did you not? Right. Could you not decide? But I think it is like the, it's like the realization, like, oh my God, this is like forever. And then they like, and then they like just see things in a different light maybe. Mm. I don't know. Or like, you know. But for some reason, it always happens like the night before the wedding. Right. Like they wait till the last moment. I think well, there's pressure and you've signed contracts and all these people are expecting you to get married and people get caught up in it. Yeah. I think sometimes they're like, oh my God, there's no way out. But then they're like picturing themselves walking down the aisle and they're like, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so the other thing we wanted to talk about is prenups. Uh-huh. Um, my what, favorite. What is your take on them? Because in my mind, like I am not a millionaire. 
I don't really have a lot. Like, do regular people like me need to do a prenup? Yes, 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 yes. yes. I'm obsessed, Kanye West, you know, prenup, prenup. Like, this is my life. Um, I teach it. I live it. And everyone always kind of debates me. I don't have anything. I have debt. That's today. You're going to be very wealthy in the future. Um, Hear that, Angela? Yes, I'm willing that to you. (laughs) And you want to be able to dictate where your money goes. You don't want the state within which you live in to do that. If you're married for a period of time, your husband cheats on you, you're going to be pissed, and you're not going to want to give up up to half of your estate. So I always tell people... It's a two-part process. Number one, almost everybody should have a prenup. Even if you, you may get inheritance one day, you may have a property that's in your name or somebody else's name. But more importantly, you talk about those issues, the financial issues, before you walk down the aisle. So you both know kind of what your expectations are about money, how much you make, what, how much you're going to put away, you know, where do you want to live, and all those things that are really important for, I think, a strong, healthy marriage and foundation. And then you, whatever's in the document, the prenup that you both agree to, you can always do something voluntarily aside from it, but you're at least held to that document. If you can't agree, you get divorced or you die. And people don't realize it's also a document and tool for people that may pass away during a happy marriage. So how I didn't realize that. No, mm-hmm. me either. Mm-hmm. So how easy is it to get a prenup? Like, what are the steps involved? You contact a lawyer like right, yourself? Right, right. So you'd have a consultation <laughs> with me and just you. I would never meet with your spouse, your significant other before because I'd only have to represent you. I do mediate prenups where I bring both parties in and try to help them get to the end game. And then I send them off to separate lawyers. And I explain to you what's in a prenup you know, property, is everything going to be in separate name during the marriage or in joint name? Are you going to have a house? What's the goal? And we talk about kind of, do you want life insurance in the event you died and you have a happy marriage? Do you want to leave everything to your significant other? Do you want to leave certain things? So we talk about those issues. And then I generally would draft the prenup based on what you want. And then we would send it to your your fiance. And then he'd go look at it with a lawyer. And then we kind of go back and forth and hopefully get a good document. You both execute it. You put it in your safe. I save it. It's never filed with the court. And you go back to wedding planning. Wow. So it's not so difficult and not so expensive. No, See, Angela, when you're the creator of the This Is Why You're Single game show and you're raking yeah, in all right. that dough, yeah. it's too, too late for me. I <laughs> no? no, no, it's not. It's never oh. too late because oh. there's something called a post-nup. Oh. oh. So if you didn't get a prenup and you didn't hear me speak, you can always do something after the marriage. And it pretty much says it's the same concept, but we're married. So in the event we did get divorced, let's kind of qualify the assets. That's so negative. Like we're going to be together forever. But practical. Well, we have a baby on the way. <laughs> no, you do. And in your circumstance, I would say it's not something that you should do. But there's people that come to me married five years, their husband cheats or their wife cheats, and they're not sure that they're ultimately going get to mar- get divorced, they're going to try to reconcile. But in the event, they want to go through all the machinations of getting divorced now and put it in agreement so that they don't have to fight and spend a lot of money on legal fees. So I broker the deal for them and do an amendment because I think it's important for people to not fight and have somebody that's going to help them to kind of resolve their issues and not you know, stick it out in a long court battle. You know, fun fact, I was a witness for when Laura and Nick signed their wills. Um, does, does, um, <laughs> it was a really upbeat day. Does the prenup, like, override the will? Yeah, I have no, like, problem. I have, I have no problem talking about, like, mortality and my death. Like, I That's have, easy. Just I not love, the death of your marriage. Yeah, I love talking about, like, when I'm going to die and where I want my things to go. Like, that's <laughs> fun for me to talk about my own mortality. Right. But, like, the death of my marriage is, like, 
like my like the worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah bummer. Like, yeah, like it, that that I don't think it's I'd not be able romantic. To, no, it's not fun, but it is necessary based on you know. Look, the divorce rate's pretty high, and that's for first marriages. Second is it goes up to sixty two percent. Yeah, but, it goes up, but after every marriage, third is seventy three percent. Yeah, you're, so you're screwed. At yeah, that you're point. in trouble. I'm on my second, so I think I'm all right. But who knows? My husband's probably, you know, he knows I'm a divorced. <laughs> yeah, sad. he's like not gonna fuck with you. No, he always says like I'm, I'm screwed. Doesn't even matter. But I'm probably too nice, so I'd probably take care of him anyway. But Aww. unless he cheated on me, <laughs> then forget about it. <laughs> um, but um, I think if you have a prenup and you waive your right to an elective share, meaning that you both say you do anything you want with your estate, I'll do the same. You can have a will and say, I leave X percentage of my estate to my significant other, but you can change your will at any time. You can't change a prenup unless both parties agree. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. All right, Angela, get to it. Yeah, well, I guess I should get engaged first, but then uh, totally. Can you do a, a pre-prenup? Yeah, you don't have to be engaged. It's like the that steps That would be hilarious are, if you go to Ian and you're like, Ian, I want to sign her prenup before. I, you haven't well, even discussed. Uh, Laura got her dress before she was engaged. This is true. So right. I'll we get t- my we, prenup. We had talked about, we were pretty much like, it was about to happen any right. day. It was right. a done deal. And there there was a trunk show. What are you going to do? Hey, you got to jump on it. When there's a trunk show, there's a trunk show. Yes, uh, I agree. So you've worked with divorcing couples who are deadlocked over divvying up their most prized possessions. And I read on your website, some of these prized possessions have ranged from the family's pet pig <laughs> to a Lamborghini. Um, I, I would just love to know, like, how the heck do you decide who gets what? And what's the craziest thing that you've seen people fight over? The emotional attachment between these couples and their things and their assets are to me, the most important thing to understand. Once you determine why they're so connected to something, I realize somebody has to win, somebody has to lose in order for them to kind of move on peacefully. So that's kind of my psychological little warfare that I do when I'm listening to everybody. So when someone's telling me, this bottle of olive oil from Italy that I brought (laughs) is so important to me and I need to put it on my salad and (laughs) <laughs> it's just the craziest thing. So you're like, okay, so you, you're right, your family's from Italy. You don't want to do a road trip and you know get on a plane and go back to Italy and get another bottle. I'll give you the bottle of Italy, the bottle of olive oil, yeah. because you really need the pig. The pig was your choice, and you wanted it, and you've raised it, and it went from like one pound to fifty pounds, and that's your thing. So you kind of have to get back into their psyche and why they're so attached to these ass, like these things. You have to be a assets. real asshole to pick the olive oil, <laughs> bottle of olive oil over your your pet pig. <laughs> pet pig. I know um, my ex boyfriend's stepfather. Uh, had joint custody of his dog mm-hmm. with his ex-wife. So yeah. sometimes there's that. Do you ever, I do you ever, that a lot. Yeah. Well, have, yeah, I've heard of that even with like boyfriends and girlfriends breaking up. They do mm-hmm. joint custody of pets. I mean, like, I mean, like they're your child. I mean, I guess it depends on how attached you are. But like, I might as well have birthed my dog. So like. Me too. <laughs> and also. I put them in prenups too. The completely dog. in the event the marriage terminates that one person will keep the dog or one will have kind of overnight visitation on weekends or week to week. It really is a hot button for people. The thing that seems daunting about that for me is that you have to continue interacting with that person. Because we Mm -hmm. always say, like, to get over any kind of breakup, you need, like, distance from that person. Mm -hmm. So having to do, like, the doggy drop off every other weekend seems really stressful. Unless you get a third party to help you do it, your mom or somebody else. But you know what? Oh, who wants to put that on their mom? (laughs) I mean, dropping the pig off. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably kill to see my animal, though. Like, I, I don't even think I could live without my dog. No, I couldn't live without my dog. 
I had a terrible case. Do you guys want to hear about it? Yeah, obviously. Um, it was bad. <laughs> no, it was really bad. Um, we were fighting for visitation of two dogs, two labs. And when we went to court, their ashes were brought to the courthouse because the husband said that they both were killed. <gasps> Did he kill them? I mean, we never had proof, but how bizarre that two labs that were five each died. What? And it was like one of the most devastating things for my client. I mean, what they, they were her babies. Psychopath. What do you yeah. do in that? Can you do like a murder investigation <laughs> yeah, into like, so I mean, if, someone, dogs? if someone kills a pet, like in my opinion, like they need to be killed. They, they, yeah, they should be treated like they need to go to trial for murder. Yeah. Yeah, See, my bad. hopes were high. I thought you were going to say it was like a parent trap situation no, where like one got one and the other got it the It just other. came to my mind and it was just such a sad situation. That so is horrifying. People do some crazy things. And I know we will always want to be uplifting, especially on your show. But it's, you know, it goes to show like, you know, people do things, cra- you know, in a crazy situation when they're getting divorced. So not a good idea. Everyone stay above board. Yeah. You know what? When you have your custody of your animals, just be professional, be kind. I'm sure the dogs were like, you know, close with each other. They should have just like one person take one dog, one person right. take the other dog and like... And then send them to the same summer camp and mm-hmm. then they yeah. meet <laughs> and then you get back together. Sorry, I'm preoccupied with Parent Trap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about divorce parties. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had a client throw a divorce party? I'm fascinated by these. And have you been to one? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I do prenup parties. So I talk to people about prenups and then we have kind of makeup and wedding um, stylist there so I think that's so much fun and I give away <laughs> my book so I talk about what people should be talking about before they get married and then divorce parties I've been invited to several the cakes are out you know out off the hook there um, have some like some cute guys there sometimes sometimes it's just the girlfriends drinking champagne and just kind of talking about more about how their life's going to be their next chapter so I think it's celebrating themselves and what they've been through so I think people are so courageous when they get divorced it's really not an easy thing to deal with no I've read it's like I mean it's like you're you're just as sad as if someone died like yeah. as if a family yeah. member died yeah it's a rebirth it's completely like, yeah it's like the darkest point of people's lives yes well, you get like addicted to a person so then you have to go through withdrawals <laughs> yeah yeah it's true and you know I feel so sad I you know I had a client today and She's been separated for a year. They were married for 22 years. And she's like, it's been over for a long time. You know, we haven't had sex in 10 years. And I was like, okay, so why are you still crying? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard. And you know what? It is. You know, she, she knew him for more than half of her life. You can't yeah. just dismiss that person. So you have to be sensitive as a divorce attorney. And it's not just all business. There's such an emotional component to helping people going through a tough time. And you really have to keep your tissues on the table because I go through like a box a day. Wow. And, you know, you just have to have that sensitivity chip because it's difficult and people are going through a time and they're like a deer in headlights. They don't know how to deal. They don't know how to act. They don't know what to do, how to deal with the kids, you know, what the law is. So there's all these components. So, like, I have a huge team in my office of very strong, supportive female um, attorneys and two males. Um, We're 19 and we really strive to kind of help people through that difficult time. But you have to have a certain personality for it. Yeah. I don't know how you like, you just go home after that day and like wipe it (laughs) all, you know, get, get rid of it because yeah, that's gotta be hard. Mm -hmm. It's like being a therapist. Yeah. It's exactly like being a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I care, you know, I think there's a lot of people that don't care, but I'm very passionate about it. So you also have to be grateful for your own family life and to know that I've been through a divorce. I've walked in their shoes, but I'm actually happily married 
So I always tell them they're going to be okay. Right. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that's great. You're like a perfect example for them. Like, it's going to be okay. I'm here. I'm living proof. I'm living proof. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm 32 now. I've been with Nick for eight years. I'm like, that's a quarter of my life. That's a lot. That's a lot. Is. And dating has changed a lot in the yeah. time that you've been in a relationship. Um, you've handled so many divorces at this point. Can you spot relationships that are going to end in divorce pretty easily? Like if you go to a dinner party, are you like, you're like together, together? Nope. nope. <laughs> five seconds. Really? Oh my my God. five second rule. Shut up. Uh, my husband's always like, you're so wrong. I'm like, wait, wait. And anyone that comes to my office, like, I think I can reconcile. I push for people to, you know, stay together. I think it's an important component to try nine out of 10 times, I'm like, no way. They walk out. He cheated. Um, You know, he doesn't call me. He tells me we don't have sex. You know, all those things that are really not, you can't rehab those issues. You know, if it's just like, listen, we fight over money. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Um, Let's get a money expert. Those kind of things, I feel like you can kind of get back on track. Certain people, I know it's over. I know it's done. And there's no coming back from it. So I'm pretty good at spotting it. People that come into your office, you can spot or anywhere. Can you, can you, you can oh, spot no. anywhere? Out to dinner, friends, couples, anyone that comes to me. I'm doing this for 20 years. Nick and I are going to be together forever, right? You, you saw us. <laughs> done, I knew that done, was coming. You done. saw us like remotely interact. Well, I saw you. No, let I me tell really you. Give him a, I know like when you came to <laughs> Hold the on, studio, yeah, me, I didn't give him a hug. Well, I just I, said I know, hi. Well, I think you were trying to be professional in front of me maybe or yeah. you just... You're pregnant, so maybe it was just like whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think you guys are super cute. I see there's a vibe. Right? I see there's energy. You have a dog. Which together is, forever. Yes, together forever. Okay. There's Whew. a lot of nodding in here. Uh, but definitely, I think you you both have a nice personality. It kind of doesn't lend itself to kind of screaming and yelling fights, although I don't know you very well. I've only yeah. met you for 20 minutes. So I'm going to go with for, together forever. Because I don't really like <laughs> believe psychics, but like I, I do have total faith that you know what you're that you yeah i'm not even being a psychic you know what you're talking about i'm just about. saying right now like from what i've seen the interaction it was cute i saw him walk out before and he like gave you like a cute smile oh, okay i watched Whew. those things yeah, i was gonna say you're you're watching closely um i Thank like god i like happy people because i'm obviously in a business the underbelly of hell so i feel <laughs> like um i i it pains me to see people unhappy and then i'm very highly alert to people that are happy. I am very attracted to it because I think it's so nice and it gives me that like yeah. uplifting spirit. So I think you guys are on the right track. Because it's funny, like, you know, people always say on Facebook, you know, depending what age you are, first you see like the engagements, then you see the weddings, <laughs> then you see the babies, and then you start to see the divorces. <laughs> and I'm at the age now where I've had only one couple that I know get divorced so far. But the funny thing is, is it's like I don't have the the likes I can't spot it like you can they were the last people in the world that I thought were gonna get divorced Mm -hmm. they were like this creative power couple and then I have friends that I'm like you have got to get fucking divorced (laughs) like like I did not like either the age difference is crazy or like they're always fighting or I'm like I just don't get it and I'm like how did the people that I never thought were gonna get divorced they're the ones that are getting divorced and then these other people, I'm like, what? How is this working? Because <laughs> you don't have divorce radar. I don't have divorce radar. Because you're like at living all. in this happy bubble and you love your life and you just haven't been exposed to it. And I think when you see people day in and day out, I've probably divorced thousands of people. I, I just vibe it. I just, I get it. And I, I just feel like when you tell me your story, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's wow. just a wrap. <laughs> Most of the time, I had two people divorce and get back together. So I was so happy. But I think that, um, yeah, with experience, you can kind of tell who, and look, I'm not always right. I do a lot of celebrity um, 
divorces or will they stay hookups and breakups and sometimes I'm not right mm. because it's really we're reading information we're not always getting yeah you're not around right. them like no. it's different if you're like at dinner with them and you're like oh I can see the body but you can't tell no. from no. yeah you're Trust in like me. a filter and I worked at all every tabloid <laughs> I worked at people okay life and style and touch like uh-huh. you don't like we don't know like, no. you know and I always I get calls from every you know from, from all, all those. those and I'm like well I've been like, an what editor if? and a writer at all yeah. I'm like, what if I'm like alright well what if this I can tell you this and what if that but we don't know so we just kind of speculate um, which I think is challenging no I remember like asking a body language expert like I, sent, I had to send them pictures of Russell Brand and Katy Perry and Katy Perry's like sitting on his lap and they're like all over each other you know she's like oh my god they have so much sexual chemistry they're gonna be together forever and like a month later a month later they like break up over text or something like, wrong. wrong yeah unfortunately there are no pictures of Katy Perry in her pajamas right. eating ice cream um, so because I don't have my boyfriend Ian here for you to give us the five second rule unfortunately um, I know that you have a list of questions that you say every couple should ask each other before they get married um, what are those questions so that I can test them right tonight? so I have so many so I think I'm going to try to truncate them okay. are you committed forever I think that's an important question um, he's he, going to listen to this episode so she's going <laughs> to say yes well he has to oh, say yes is, were you asking me or no that's one of okay. the questions no that's oh, the one yes. I am committed forever <laughs> that's, I can ask you that and that's what mm-hmm. you're, and then that's the question you're going to ask him are you going to be committed forever do you have any commitment phobias because so many people are like wow this is like forever forever maybe you don't want it to be or you still have issues that we need to discuss so those like little red flags need to come up um are there any relationship issues in his past that need to be brought up? Like, what's your relationship with your mom? What's your relationship with your dad? I find the childhood issues come into a marriage and usually negatively impact the couple down the road. So if you think that your man has a strong relationship with his parents, once did, if anyone's deceased or anything like that, I think that's such a good indicator of how your marriage is going to be. Not so much that he's going to treat you well, which is a paramount and expected thing, but more you're going to be able to communicate. You're going to have a healthy, robust marriage. Well, he is that's super close one. with both of his parents. Oh, that's good. So that's a good sign. Yeah. But that's even people that are close mm. with parents. Like, like I'm super close with my parents, but I still like will respond weirdly to like certain triggers that like bring me back to like mm-hmm. childhood right. fights and traumas. And then like, and like, like you know nick has certain like triggers and i'm like oh i think i know i'm psychoanalyzing you so like we both definitely like Mm -hmm. in in fights will like will respond to like childhood stuff so yeah that is but you don't know you know because you can't it's hard to psychoanalyze yourself until until uh you really spent a lot of time in therapy (laughs) well i did so when my parents got divorced that's why i love these questions because i get my husband's always like oh what now like so just tell me like when your parents, you know, did these things when you were younger, like what did you witness? And he's just like, Vicky, like, come on. I'm just trying to have a glass of wine. Like watch, <laughs> like Barnyard, whatever, Revival or whatever show he watches on yeah. DIY. I'm like, sorry, but like to me, it's fascinating. It's so important to get into the mind of the person that you love and sometimes the way they react. So I feel like that's a really deep subject that I think you should ask. Um, You know, we talked about getting naked before. The emotional component of getting naked is like, listen, my past relationships didn't work because X, Y, Z, and these are kind of my triggers. These are my issues. Talk about those things, each of you, because no one's perfect. And I always say, if there's one characteristic flaw you could change, what would it be? Oh, that's not one that I think I know the answer to. 
Yeah. All the other stuff I feel good on. But yeah, that's, you're right. That's fun dinner conversation. <laughs> I think <laughs> just, it is, but maybe I'm light. just super nerdy and kind of into the psychological warfare. And then oh, I, no, think, I, lo- I love it. I, oh, yeah. I, think, I think both of our men would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I, one thing I love to ask um, a couple is what's the one thing you love about me? That's I would nice also one. enjoy asking that question because <laughs> I, I think it's important because we're both narcissists. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that, you know, join the club. <laughs> no, you, it's always nice to remember why you're getting married because all these divorced people forget why they walked down the aisle and had such a strong relationship. So I feel like you just need to keep that alive. Um, so those are some of the most important things that I think people should be asking. Very cool. Safe homework oh, yeah. tonight. Well, we are going to pick Vicky's brain some more later on in the episode and dive some more into divorcing. But let's take a quick break to thank some sponsors, and then we're going to jump into what's in the news. We would like to thank our sponsor, Wink. Wink makes it easy to discover great wine. It's spelled W-I-N-C. Not like a wink you give someone when you're flirting. Right. Wink's its own thing. It's its own kind of thing. They're a new sponsor for us, and I don't know who was more excited to get this sponsor, Angela or me. Yes, guys, I'm Probably pregnant. Probably me. Well, <laughs> maybe you, but I, I may be pregnant, but I do I do love to host. Right. I, lo- I am like the hostess with the mostess. And, you know, before I was pregnant, and as soon as that baby comes out, I'm going to be celebrating with some wine. But I still, in the meantime, love to host events, and people can drink wine at my house. I don't get jolly. And as someone who likes to be a guest at events, it helps so much having my my wine closet fully stocked. If somebody impromptu invites me to a party, I'm like, oh, I have wine from Wink. They send it to me. I'm Ex- good. Exactly. And you could be like, you know, just so you know, this wine was selected just for me because that's how Wink works. They're wine experts, select wine, matched your taste, personalized for you, shipped right to your door and starting at just $13 a bottle. Angela, tell them about the fun quiz you filled out on Wink's website. So I filled out this quiz and it turns out I like dry wines, which is weird because I always thought I liked or I like sweet things. So I was like, oh, I, I like dry wines. Who knew? And then they sent them and I was like, I do. I like dry wines. So you can be just like me and fill out your Wink Palette profile quiz. Um, You answer simple questions that uh, your average store clerk wouldn't ask you or translate into a recommendation. They're questions like, how do you take your coffee? Or how do you feel about blueberries? Love them. I was very pro, as is Laura. Um, Then Wink sends wines curated to your taste. The more wines you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections will become. So each month there are new delicious wines like the insanely popular summer water rosé which i have a bottle of i'm waiting for it to be summer to pop it yes pop it on a rooftop guys there's no membership fees you can skip any month cancel any time shipping is covered and if you don't like the bottle they send you they'll replace it with a bottle you'll love no questions asked it's really awesome check them out discover great wine today go to trywink.com slash single and you'll get twenty dollars off your first shipment that's t-r-y w-i-n-c dot com trywink.com slash single for twenty dollars off that's trywink.com slash single We would like to thank our sponsor, Tomboy X. Guys, regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. That's why we love them. They also have really cute and comfortable stuff. For example, I got the really soft bra that's like rainbows. It's got like rainbows on it. They also have like a shark 
print and octopus print. They've got like really fun stuff. Yeah, they have a ton of cool prints. I got a pair of boy shorts that have daisies on them. I know. I'm jelly that you got those. They're great. They're cute. They're Sometimes you buy boy shorts and they like just they like go up your butt and they're uncomfortable. And you're like, why did I bother buying boy shorts? I thought they were going to be comfortable. These are legit comfortable but cute undies. I love them. That's why I wear a boy short so that like it, I don't get a wedgie in a dress or something. Exactly. Yeah. They're like the protection layer between your butt and the dress. Yes. Anyways, they've got it all. They got bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, boy shorts, soft bras, razor backs. They've got them in every basic color and all different sizes from extra small to 4X. So go to tomboyx.com slash single and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And this is why your single listeners get an extra 15% off with code single. Again, code single for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to tomboyx.com slash single. Angela, what have you been reading in the news? Um, about divorce. Of course. More divorce talks. So uh, Business Insider has eight things that science says will predict your divorce by Shanna Leibowitz. So um, Vicky, I wanted to read these to you and see if you agree or disagree or whatever. So, okay, number one, I, I feel like I see how this is true. It says getting married in your teens or after age 32. I definitely think in your teens or even your early 20s is a to me, a bad idea because I know that I've changed so much. But then there's such a small window because it says I that, know. that like if you actually if you get married after the age of 32, it predicts divorce, which really surprised me because I, I hear I read a lot about like, oh, it's so good to wait and it's OK to get people are getting married later and that's and that's fine. But it's shocking that that like statistics show that if you get married in your teens or after 32, you have a higher chance of divorce. That, that surprised me. Yeah, this it's the University of Utah, which they actually said they they um, release this information in kind of like a conservative publication. So like uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, they they predicted that after age thirty two, your odds of divorce increase by about five percent each year. Um, other age related stuff is they said that um, the odds of divorce among heterosexual couples increase with age gap between spouses. Also, have that you, that I've heard a lot. Yeah, I think um, I have a very large age gap between my husband and I and I think we're one of those unique couples he's like an old soul and I'm like the one that's the young kind of partier so we work but we work really hard at working together Um, most of the other couples I feel like that age gap really does them no service one's in a different space one wants to stay home one wants to go out and they just can't get it together yeah um, okay, number two, having a husband who doesn't work full time increases your odds of divorce. Um, Which is like such a bad stat to hear. I guess in the so whole, heteronormative like, in, the, in like the right. femi- in like this like feminist. You know, so there's still resentment. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's basically what they said because it, it doesn't really so much have anything to do with like the the financial insecurity. Mm-hmm. It's just like the division of labor. Um, and they said, yeah, wives employment status didn't affect the couple's chances of divorce. So I think it's just society getting up in our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you find that this is true. Also. I do. I think I am a hundred percent in agreement, but the first one you said about the age, uh, you know, getting uh, married in your teens or 32, the average age of divorce in the U S total is 31. Oh, wow. So hmm. I find that strange cause they just took the Utah kind of capture of the state, but the U.S. Um, has that one rate. So it seems like people that are getting married in their 20s get divorced early. I think if you get married in your 30s, you you have a better chance to stay married. That's my opinion from what I've seen. I 
that sounds right to me. Yeah, that sounds it's right. It's mostly to me just too. being too young that I fear, but yeah, once you get older, <laughs> I don't know. All right, number three, not finishing high school increases your odds of getting divorced. That's because, um, according to the National Longitudinal Survey of Youth, which is by the way from 1979, they said over half of marriages of those who did not complete high school ended in divorce, compared with approximately 30 percent of marriages of college graduates. Um, and that's just because your life is probably going to be more stressful because you're not making as much money because you don't have as good of a job. It's not so much about like your lack of education. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a possibility. Uh, we have stressors in marriages. And I guess, you know, if you don't have those, well, if you're, you know, on food stamps and you're only making minimum wage, you're still going to have stressors and issues. So I guess it depends on that wage gap. I feel like you're always going to have problems so i'm not sure smaller problems bigger problems the wealthier you are the bigger the problems the more money you're dividing so i'm not so sure about that i've read that statistic Mm -hmm. before and i think it's more of an education issue versus a financial issue but i mean i'll take it it's a statistic i just (laughs) i think everyone we're human we have relationships we're all going to have issues it's hard men and women men and men women and women being married there's no different there's no difference that I've seen with same-sex marriages, heterosexual marriages. We all have issues. We're, we're flawed humans. So, unfortunately, the therapy really does work. <laughs> therapy does. It does work. Yeah. Um, okay, number four, showing contempt for your partner. Have you heard of John Gottman? He's the mm-hmm. psychologist and the founder of the Gottman Institute, and they quote him a bunch in this article. Um, and he says he has these behaviors that he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse when it comes to your marriage. And the four uh, behaviors are contempt, criticism, defensiveness, and stonewalling, which is blocking off conversation, um, which is another thing that comes up a lot in this study. Contempt I've heard, but I've heard like that in reference to passive aggressiveness is like a big relationship killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this I feel like contempt's in that in that mm-hmm. kind of area. They define contempt here as seeing your partner as beneath you. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. You're supposed to be on equal footing in a relationship, regardless of right your education, your wealth, your financial status. So I think all of those things certainly play into uh, the me- demise of a marriage. I think belittling somebody, lack of communication, certainly um, not loving your partner unconditionally, meaning, oh, I only love you when things are great, but you know what? You gain weight. Ugh, you're disgusting. Or you lost your job. Now you're, you used to be the president, and now you're, you know, I don't even know what you're doing. You're, you know, I don't know, a cleaner. I mean, who cares? You know, you have to, you fall in love with the person. So, I mean, I think that egotistical behavior is very damaging. Yeah. Um, all right, number five, being overly affectionate as newlyweds. I like this one because those people ugh, make me want to barf. <laughs> that PDA that's going on. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, I th- I feel like that happens a lot, again, when you like rush into a marriage because you're like, oh my God, we can like touch each other now. And like, like I've been touching Ian for four years, so <laughs> we're not going to make out at our wedding. Um, but this was from a study from psychologist Ted Houston. And uh, he followed 168 couples for 13 years from their wedding day onward, and he found that as newlyweds, the couples who divorced after seven or more years were almost giddily affectionate, displaying about one-third more affection than their spouses, uh, than did spouses who were happily married. Um, so the, the theory is that that kind of like intensity right away is too difficult to maintain going forward. I think forward. it's really hard to maintain. Number one, I don't know why anyone's giving PDA the point is you're loving each other privately. I don't know why you want to show off and, you know, like making out and, but don't get me wrong. I love a good, like hot make out against the wall. 
I just at can't imagine it at my wedding. Because yeah. <laughs> I like, you know, it's fun. You, it's fun to do like when you're like, you know, you do it on like a first or second date. And then, you you know, early on when you're and then when you're just like dating, you know, because you're just like, oh, I don't care what people think. I think it's fun still to do when you're married, <laughs> like just every one, maybe like once every four months. Yeah. Once, once every a five. quarter. Yeah, yeah. Once a quarter. Like I want like a hot PDA makeout. I don't know. I still, yeah, but there's I still nothing wrong it. with that. That's good. That's consistency. That's intimacy. I think the study's pretty much showing like you're so hot in the beginning and it's so hard to maintain that. It's almost unrealistic. So it lust turns into love, turns into marriage. So you have to figure out a way to balance it so you know whether you're scheduling your date night you're you know attacking your husband you know every week somewhere whatever it may be you still have to keep that flame alive the, the problem is it's just work babies family issues it just you can't be making out and like loving each other every single night I mean right. God bless the people that can do that you can't right. keep up that intensity which is honestly it really goes um in line with our advice, which is, I just can't stand it when people start dating at the beginning and they talk all throughout the day on like Google chat and text, like every, like every single day. And I'm like, you need some mystery because you can't keep up that momentum, Mm -hmm. whether it's like texting or it's the PDA, it's gonna, it's not going to end well. You're going to, you're going to be like, Oh, but we're not talking like, (laughs) you know, four hours. We're not texting four hours of the day. It's like, yeah, you can't maintain that for the rest of your life. So you're going to like, you're going to feel like, he, he doesn't like you as much. I also don't feel like I want to be with somebody who has that much free time on their hands. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I don't like? When people are together and they're messaging on Facebook, like they're talking about like what they're eating for dinner and stuff on the same page. I just find that bizarre. <laughs> don't like, why do we need to know that? That Why you is mean, that like, a publicly? public? Yeah. Public display yeah. of like, yeah, babe. Great. You know, great job. What are you doing for? What are you doing tonight? We're going to watch a movie. But. Like that's we don't want to know that. Do that privately. Right. I know that is very strange. <laughs> well, it's weird. Um, so just real quick, the last three: weathering daily stress, withdrawing during conflict, and describing your relationship in a negative way, which seems, seems obvious. Seems mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to know what I've been reading? Yeah. Okay. So I've been reading Law.com. This is social media divorces: five things to avoid posting during a divorce. This is written by Marina Manukian, uh, and she writes: In recent years, with the surge in the use of social media platforms, married people's activities on these sites have e- either become the cause of divorce or they've been used as evidence in divorce cases. Um, And she writes that social media posts can be used negatively against you. A 2010 survey of the American Association of Matrimony Lawyers showed that two-thirds of American lawyers use Facebook as a primary source of evidence in divorce cases. And she came up with five examples of evidence that lawyers can gather from social media. I'm curious to know if Vicky's used any of this. Uh, So the first one is compromising photos of partying with alcohol. And, And she said that this is usually an issue when it comes to child custody yes. being contentious. So you probably don't want to like show yourself doing like a keg stand when you're like, I'm a good parent. Is yes, that, is that I right? I busted somebody bad with that. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, bad. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> oh, I couldn't see my child on Friday night because I was sick. And then there was all these, you know, guys with beers and like hanging out. So we took the snapshot because remember, it's a digital imprint. We always, as long as we can get to it, it's ours. And um, it's a public document. And we showed it in court and he lost custody of... That will lost for the Friday nights that he was asking just because he posted that picture. Wow. wow. What's ironic is I feel like a lot of the time people post those pictures to try and like be like, look, I'm moving on. I'm so much fun. Yeah. And then it backfires. 
Um, this is kind of similar to that. Number two is checking in or being tagged when the parent is supposed to be with the child. And she says many people like to check in at nice places, you know, show how what a great life they're having. But uh, if your friend tags you in a photo or checks you in without your knowledge or consent, it can be harmful in a child custody case. Um, do you find this too? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, can, <laughs> we just track you. It's pretty much we know where you are at all times. So, What if they have a private like Instagram? Well, how, do you, some, how do you find it? Some people can friend them, and then if you know them, they can give you the information. And if not, you don't get it. But most of the time, people aren't that smart when they're going through a divorce. They forget. They're trying to move on. They want to kind of find love again. So they're not that savvy. So we somehow get them on you know Twitter, social, uh, Twitter Facebook, or Instagram. Um, usually, we can get some information. We've We've served people through Facebook before. It's one of those things where it's very hard to do, but it's starting to happen if you can't get them and they're overseas. So we've there's some case law on that as well. So wow, I guess I never thought about this though. But has social media like really changed the the game for you? Like, does it make it easier or more complicated having? It gives us more ammunition. Yeah to create a picture for the court, right? We are the illustrator of a case. So when we go to court and I can stand and say, ah, look (laughs) at him, you know, or he bought this $20,000 ring for his girlfriend from marital funds and the rings like this, you're done. You're dead in the water. I'm going to get that money back. That brings you, that brings (laughs) me to number three, which is posts related to luxury purchases or travel that indicate a wealthy lifestyle. And, and, uh, she wrote that this was really an issue when it came to spousal support cases. If you're like, I don't have that much money. And then they're like, "Mm, what were you doing on the yacht? You know? And they're like, "Mm, you clearly have more money than you're claiming that you have because you, you, you know, and is that, is that kind of like in line with what you're saying? Yeah, that's part of it. So obviously how much money you make, dovetails into spousal support and child support and also marital dissipation. So if you're spending money on your girlfriend or your boyfriend from funds that somebody would be sharing, you can make that argument. They need to get a credit back of half of the asset. So we find that all the time. Uh, Number four is, which is also, you know, you're just like leading us into the next. (laughs) This is posts with new partners that may anger your spouse and make a settlement more difficult. She writes that it is no secret that parties going through divorce are emotionally charged and that such emotions impact their decisions, the goal of any litigation should be to get out of it as inexpensively and painless as possible. But if you start posting on social media all about your new love and how happy you are and how this person makes you happy, your ex is not going to be happy about that. And like this and scorn spouses make for terrible litigation opponents. <laughs> so they're like, don't post your new bae. Half no fury like a woman <laughs> scorned. <laughs> <laughs> and it is true. I mean, I had a case yesterday and the husband spent like a couple hundred thousand dollars on his girlfriend. We had documented it all. And there's nowhere to go. He's got to admit it. But, you know, she's pissed. She's upset. You know, it's horrible. So, you know, how do you deal with that? And, you know, she's being so professional. She's being so, you know, courageous. And like, let me just get my money back. Let me just move on. And he's all over with the girlfriend, all over Europe, south of France, posting pictures. You know, it's really hard. Oh, that that has midlife crisis written all over it. You got it. Uh, And then the last one is nasty posts about your spouse that may get back to him and make a settlement difficult. It says, finally, do not post negative comments about your soon-to-be ex, even indirectly. We have seen, they've seen memes and jokes about exes that, that get like reposted. Like, you know, even if it's like not directly about them, but it's still like alluding to them. 
again, that's going to make the opponent pissed and drive up the cost of litigation. Have you have you witnessed this? Oh, yeah. Uh, memes. I've, you know, these affirmations that are, you know, really pointed to your oh, soon to be ex spouse Which are just barfable anyways. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody, please stop posting inspirational quotes, people. Yeah, just as it's, a third party not involved in your divorce. It's not a good look. <laughs> no, at all, at all. And, you know, some people put, post them and then they try to delete it right away. But once you caught it, it's over with. Once so, you screenshot that shit. Yeah, it's done. So yeah, we use that a lot against people. And you know what? Like, I love you, baby. When you're getting divorced and you post these pictures, it's not illegal. It's not, there's nothing wrong with dating while you're going through a divorce, but it doesn't help propel the case to finality. And this is what we try to tell our, you know, clients, but they don't always listen. Yeah. They're addicted to the gram. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who is dating a he was a very wealthy guy and uh, and like the divorce was just getting dragged on and dragged on. And I'm sure it didn't help that he was posting pictures with like my super hot friend that's like 15 y- years younger than his wife. You know, like I'm sure that probably dragged out the divorce for like a very long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's posting like pictures all over the world on these expensive vacations. I just have a feeling that probably did not help. He probably had to pay more money. You know, oh, that's like sure. combat pay. Yeah. And it's just not a smart move. Just hold off, do your thing privately. And then once you're divorced, go crazy, go buck wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> Take note, people. <laughs> yes. Or you're going to be paying me a lot of money. <laughs> Save right. your money. All right. It is time for us to jump into the mailbox. But first, let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. We would like to thank our sponsor, True Religion. Do you have a hard time finding the perfect fitting jeans that are also comfortable? I know I do. Same, because we have big booties. <laughs> Speak for yourself. No, I do. But I, I like to rock my booty. But yes, you know, True Religion is really great because they have sizes for all shapes. It's really beautiful. They've got... They've got sizes from 23 to 38, and they've also got cool stuff other than their jeans. I got a nice cardigan sweater and a cool sequin jacket from there. Didn't know they had that kind of stuff till I looked. Really cool. Yep, and I have a great pair of overalls. It's spring now. I cannot wait to rock them. Of course you bought the overalls. I, You're you going to look so cute in them. You're such an overall lady. I'm bringing a little bit of country to the city, you know? Um, and so like Laura said, the fit is their focus. They're really conscious about having jeans that fit all shapes and sizes. They have sizes 23 to 38 and their precision in fit makes them the most comfortable and flattering jeans on the market. And you know what? The jeans have fun names. I kind of pick my nail polishes based on the name. Same thing with the jeans. They have the Jenny, the Haley, the Billy. I just like the name, the Billy. I don't know what they look like, but I would buy them based on that. They have all different kinds too. Skinny, high rise, boot cut, straight, and retro inspired wide leg. T-shirts, dresses, jackets. Just check them out. True religion's cool. And if you're ready to get the perfect fitting, most comfortable, most flattering pair of jeans, right now True Religion is giving our listeners 20% off your entire purchase when you use our code SINGLE at checkout. So do what we did. Go to truereligion.com. Enter our code SINGLE for 20% off your entire order. TrueReligion.com. Use code SINGLE. We would like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace.com. Destiny is calling. It says you need a new website. Make it with Squarespace. That's one of the new lines in their new ad, and I'm really into it because Angela Destiny called us to make a Squarespace website way before they were a sponsor. Destiny called us, well, they called you to make like 10 Squarespace websites. I have two under my belt, and I really do feel like they're helping us live out our dreams. They are. Angela's got her AngelaSpare.com. Yep. 
with all my my writing and press and all that stuff my resume very cool and then we've got this is why your single show.com together that's our website where we put everything on there you can sign up for our cool newsletter on there whenever we get new press we put it on there we've got cool pictures in our gallery if we've got an event we put it on there it's like our our go-to place when you're when you're like what's this is why you're single we're like you can read about everything podcasts book events sketch show pictures all of it and there's so many things you can do with Squarespace. You can showcase your work. You can blog or publish content. You can sell products. You can do anything. Yep. And it works for any career. You don't have to be a podcaster like us. If you're an architect, if you're an artist, you're a designer, even if you're like an antiquer and you want to sell some cool stuff you found at the thrift store, create a Squarespace website and it's going to be really easy. Um, and they have beautiful templates created by world-class designers. So it's going to look good. They give you the ability to customize the look, feel, settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. And the best part, it's all optimized for mobile. So it's going to look good on your phone too. That's right. Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com offer code single. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox for Vicky to help us answer? Okay, we have two questions. First up, we have one from an anonymous listener. She writes, I have a friend, let's call her Libby, who is a successful 26-year-old. She is brilliant, lovely, and very driven. For the past year, she has been dating a 49-year-old man who is equally successful and brilliant, but is also divorced with two kids. And she's 26. And she's 26, and he has two kids that are 9 and 11. Um and of course, yeah, he's nearly twice her age. So she claims that she is the happiest she's ever been, but it makes me and the rest of her friends very uncomfortable. Her parents are livid that she is with somebody who is just a little younger than themselves. She's actually living with him and is lying to her parents about it. She has gone on many family trips with him, has met his ex-wife several times, and is even taking parenting classes to become a better mom to his kids. Uh, she's 26. Oh, God. Um, as I mentioned, she claims she's happy. She also plans on marrying him and having a child with him. But as I also mentioned, myself and the rest of my friends are so uncomfortable with the situation. We feel our friend is being taken advantage of and has drastically changed her life for him. She knows how we feel and gets mad that we are not supportive and don't ask about him. Of course, we want our friend to be happy, but we are so concerned. He doesn't seem to care about getting to know us, her friends, or her family. He just seems to pull her into his life in his web. Uh, I know my friends and I would appreciate an honest third-party perspective. How do you feel about this situation? Have you experienced it yourself, and what would you do? What do you think, Vicky? Have we experienced it ourselves? Nope. <laughs> We've never dated 49-year-olds with two kids. Oh, been, your friend. And been pulled into their web. Yeah. Your friend is yeah. in a similar situation. Yeah, but uh, Vicky, what, what would you say? So analyzing the facts of this case, I would think that she needs to think long and hard about what does she really love about him, right? The allure of stepping into a stepmother role at 26 not knowing, she said she was going to have a kid with him, but does he know about that? And is he on board with that? That's the f second question I'd ask because he's 49 and why would he want to start changing diapers at this age? It doesn't make sense. So I think we really have to figure out is like, what is his backside to dating her? Is it just a trophy wife, a trophy girlfriend who's sexy and younger? Or does he really love her? Does she really love him? The percentage and odds are going to be 15% that this is never going to work. Um, no, sorry, wait, reverse. There's an 80% chance 
that this is going to fail and they're going to break up or should, or if they get married with a crazy prenup, she's going to get divorced. 20% chance I'd say that it possibly could work, but there's so many more things I need to ask both of them and they need to be real. Lying to your parents, not getting to know your friends, all very bad signs. So I think the age difference is a problem. I think him having a divorce and two children and an ex-wife is a problem. How much alimony, how much child support is he paying? She's getting into a whole host of problems before she even gets started. And I think she needs to think long and hard. And what do they have in common? That's something else I would ask. 26 and a 49-year-old, they're on two different wavelengths. I don't care how wonderful and successful they are. Ah, they're definitely have different life experiences. He may but want to be retiring soon, and she's just getting into the crux of her career and trajectory. So I think she needs to kind of sit back, tell her parents the truth, go to therapy, figure out why you're attracted to a 49-year-old. Do you have some daddy, daddy issues, issues? Daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, can we say that? Yes. So I think the, all those things, she needs to really get emotionally naked with herself get into therapy and take a break from the guy and say, can I live without him? Or do I really love him that much that I want to change my life for him? And I'm going to tell her if I was her friend and divorce attorney, I would probably end that relationship sooner than later. I don't have much to add. Vicky nailed that one. (laughs) But like, yeah, I would say the one thing I would say that I really agree with is the fact that he doesn't seem interested in her life whatsoever and Mm -hmm. isn't interested in meeting her friends or her family. And it's gonna be really hard for her to like follow Vicky's recommendations of things you should do before you get married. Like, you know, being a 26 year old being like, I need you to get naked financially with me. Like you 49 year old, like, you know, like he's going to be like, what are you, I'm not <laughs> piss off. Yeah. Piss <laughs> off. I'm not showing you like all my financial rack. It's like a little, like just, yeah, you're not on an even playing field. So yeah, I don't know. And it's worrisome if you are, because he's almost 50 years old. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, what else do we have for Vicky? Okay. Next up, we have a question from our listener, Steph. Steph writes, I'm a recently divorced 29 year old single mom from the Midwest Dating around here was depressing slash disappointing to say the least, but oh, she says, but our positivity and comedic outlook has made it really enjoyable again. Um, That being said, I have a two-part question. I've seen too many kids get attached to other people's significant others. These relationships don't last and the kids also have to deal with the breakup. As a rule out of protection for my daughter, no man will meet my six-year-old until up for at least three months. Um, which I think is a decent time gauge to know if we are serious. I've been very open about this, but no man has made the cut. Do you think this is something that scares them away? Is this an unattainable standard? So that's her first question. Her second half of the question is, to add to it, my ex-husband and I have agreed that we will meet each other's new significant others that are intended to be around our daughter. My entire family and group of friends think this is absolutely insane. I see it as a mutual sign of respect. What do you ladies think? Mm. Yeah. All right. So I have a four to six month rule. I think it's important people take their time, get to know somebody, and really nurture a relationship before you introduce uh, a significant other, or I don't even know if you'd call that that, somebody you're seriously dating for six months. A six-year-old is going to be looking at this person like a step-parent, getting excited, and would really cause a problem if they break up, and we see it all the time. So so, I, so you even think it could be longer yeah, than the three months? Yeah, I don't think she's waiting too long. 
And look, people may say three months, but when you have a child, you're sharing custody generally. So she may not even have her son every weekend. She may see this guy maybe alternate weekends. You don't know. So they're probably not spending all the time together anyway. So they really do need to get to get to know each other, court, date, and figure out, you know, could this be something long-term or not? So I think, yeah, I think I like four to six months. I think it gives you a nice window of opportunity to get to know somebody, to hopefully think that they'll be in your life for a long period of time. I think the second um, suggestion that her and her ex decided to introduce their significant others is an awesome idea. I think you I feel love comfortable, it too. right? I really, I think that's so sweet. And that the fact that they have enough mutual respect to even agree to this. And um, like, I, yeah, I, if I, I would want to know. Yeah. You want to yeah. know that other person, like, you know, are you dating a convict? Or are you dating somebody that's going to be really nice to my child? Yeah. I like, I yeah. agree with you. I, I think, like this. Yeah. As long as it's like a mutual decision that they came to, it's not him like forcing this rule upon her then like yeah i don't see anything and it wrong, goes but I both ways it goes both ways which i love mm-hmm. right and i feel like you know what today's day and age people can all get along you can be married divorced and the exes can just have some respect for each other and it shows the child you know what kind of what uncoupling is all about and that you can actually do it with dignity and you don't have to be a total jerk all the time when you're getting divorced with your ex-spouse there's something that has to change in this dynamic and they are doing something I think very correctly. Yeah, my my mom said something that always stuck with me uh, when her parents got divorced. She says that uh, neither of them ever talked badly about the other. And I remember, her, you know, as a kid, you pick up on everything. So I remember her saying like, you know, how, how are you married that long? You know, you guys just like didn't didn't really get along. And she's like, and and uh, my mom's mom's response was, you know, we had some really beautiful times, too, you know. And I just thought that that was like awesome, just so awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it really made my mom like look differently about her parents marriage to know that, like, you know, they had a beautiful time. And, and then when that time ended, it ended. But they never talked badly about each other and and then when she tried to question that you know she said we had good times you know we did have good times as well you know lindy you should know that so take that take that um if you guys want your listener questions answered or if you have funny text messages or any messages from an app that you want to share you can email us at contact at this is why your single show.com you can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why your single show.com All right, guys, we are reaching the end. It is time for us to dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is surviving a divorce. Yes, we want to know how to survive a divorce. Like any last tips you have, like what you should ask a divorce attorney when you hire one, like anything you need to know about going to court, just what should people know? They need to know what they're going to expect in the process. So you need to ask a divorce attorney the costs what procedures uh, are going to be implemented, what is the law, and how do I get it resolved through mediation versus litigation. Understand those things at the outset so you don't have to spend a ton of your money that you could otherwise keep and know what you're getting into. And then number two, get your arsenal, your team of experts in place. No divorce that I deal with only has me involved. I recommend therapists, financial coaches, Uh, CPAs, sex coaches, anything that's going to help somebody get through a divorce and improve their issues, I want them to see. Therapy, life coaching, of course, and anyone that can give them information that I can't, that I'm not an expert on. I think that's so, so valuable. And then, you know what? I always tell people going through a divorce, pick a charity. 
when you're going through the worst time of your life, that you really, your breakup of your marriage, that's like a death, do something good for somebody else. It will make you feel better when you're going through a tough time. And nine out of 10 times, my clients always tell me that was one of the best things you ever told me to do. Oh, wow. Which no one ever tells their clients to do, but I believe it is so helpful because when you look at somebody that is homeless or has no parents, you kind of feel like you're helping them doing a good deed and also that it minimizes what your experience is in your divorce. So I really like that concept and always telling people about self-help. I feel like people need to know you can read about it, you know, your divorce and how to deal with it. You can go to your rabbi or priest Get your really, your, your strong family together, whether it's your actual family, your friend family, anybody that's going to be able to, your neighbor, whomever you're close to, get those people together because when you're having a really bad night or a really bad day, you want to be able to call upon them and just kind of cry and let them listen. And once you have those pieces of the puzzle, your divorce will at least be a little less stressful because you're going to have such a great team around you. Is this all kind of part of your divorce management strategy on your yes. website that you have? Is yes. like getting your team together? Yes, I'm a big believer that you can't do things alone. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I don't know everything. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And I feel like more brains in the room, more compassionate people will help people through difficult times. I love that. Yeah. You need, you need a team. Yeah, you need your entourage. You sure do. Your divorce posse. <laughs> right. Um uh, what are the make or break differences between a smooth divorce and a brutal one, would you say? If you can't shelf your emotions during a divorce and make it a business deal, you're in big trouble. I think that's one of the most important things I see people doing, hanging on to that emotional grit. You, you cheated on me. You sold me a bag of goods. I'm just going to fight you. And what you end up doing is having an emotional time and you pay more in legal fees and expert fees than you should have. So you need to kind of just figure it out and just say, listen, deal with the therapist on your own time. Get that the divorce issues isolated. Compromise. A good deal is when both parties are unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wins. Nobody loses. You both compromised. You capitulated. Yeah, you no know. one, I guess, should be happy at the end of a divorce, right? You would both want to be the <laughs> well, equal. Well, when you're fist pumping me, I know I did a good job, but like you don't want the other side to be doing that yeah. when you're like, oh God, they, would they pull a fast one on us? You want both parties to kind of be a little upset, but they know that they sculpted their own deal. A judge in a robe didn't make decisions with 2,000 other cases. Everyone kind of sat there and kind of re resolved the case knowing that they could live with the amount of support that they're going to get and the custody of their children you know, and I feel like one's going to keep the house, one's not, and they could live with it. They know what their life's going to be like. That, to me, is doing a good job for a client. On that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. There are lots of healthy ways to deal with a divorce. If you're a celebrity, one of these ways includes releasing a well-crafted, publicist-approved statement. We are going to ask Vicky to match the statement to the celebrity in a game we call State, State Match. match. <laughs> <laughs> we love our bad puns. Uh, <laughs> all right. Are you ready to play? Yes. All right. Uh, first one. Angela, take it away. Okay, we tried hard for a long time and we're really disappointed. Our son has two parents who love him very much and for his sake, we want to keep the situation as private as possible moving forward. 
And we're going to give you a a clue for every single one. Uh, This clue is mom at the park. Wait, you get it? Like, yeah, I I get it. I get it. Oh, God. And I'm good at this. Oh, one more clue. Yeah, one more clue. We'll give her one more clue. Uh, Uh, name, Name a movie he's in. Jurassic World. They're both famous. No, G- Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh God, this is horrible. <sighs> I don't know. And I should know. No, you, no, <laughs> no. This means we did a hard game. No. So, uh, no. All right, that was uh, oh, so this Chris. Chris Pratt and Anna Faris. I knew it. We did it. Mom at the park. I know. Because like, she's in the show Moms, and yes. then he's in, he was in Parks and Recreation. It, I, total. Give me another one. Okay. <laughs> All right. More. This next one. I don't like to lose. The parties and their council have signed agreements to preserve the privacy rights of their children and family by keeping all court documents confidential and engaging a private judge to make any necessary legal decisions and to facilitate the expeditious resolution of any remaining issues. This was like a... Not I a think very, that's like every celebrity. They're right? a super private couple. Yeah, but also like super, super famous with a million kids from all around the world. Brad and Ange. <laughs> Thank God I got that one. Yeah. Okay, next up. Come on, keep it coming. I'll stay here all night. I have to get more. Okay, while the two of us have come to the mutual decision that we will no longer be partners in marriage, we remain partners in parenthood and are committed to jointly raising our three sons in a happy and healthy environment. Jennifer Garner. Damn it. No, but she would say that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they have three sons. They have two daughters and a son. Two daughters and a son, that's why. Oh, wait. Uh, Sorry, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, yes. and Gavin. Yeah, I'll give it to you. We give it to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Next up, after much thought and thoughtful and careful consideration, we have made the difficult decision to divorce. Okay, I'll give you a hint. It was your last guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was my last guess. I'll, did I see the person? Wait, no, my was, last guess. It was your last guess. The, 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 the oh, person. my last guess. Guess. Yes. Oh, okay. Garner. Jen Garner, there you go. <laughs> oh, see? So you were literally I'm close. Almost, yes. You're so close. My, my celebrity premonitions. We got three more for you. Go, go, go. Okay. This is not the future we envisioned. It is with heavy hearts that we move forward separately. We are real people with real lives, with real families, friends, and colleagues. Okay, the hint is that like, you know, I mean, this even this statement kind of sounds like music lyrics because they're country music stars. It's like real people, Blake. real lives. Yes, Blake Shelton, Miranda Lambert, and and the other one. Yes, Miranda Lambert, (laughs) the other one. Okay, uh, all right, two more for you. In an effort to reduce any further speculation, we have decided to announce our separation. This decision was mutual and lovingly made at the end of last year. We are two best friends who have decided to part ways as a couple, but look forward to continuing our cherished friendship. Fergie. Damn it. This was uh, Jennifer (laughs) Aniston and Justin Theroux. (gasps) Oh, a yeah. recent one. Recent yeah. one. Anyone see that one coming? I didn't. I was very I sad about it. Yeah, I was kind of bummed. Mm. I was really hoping that they would, you know, stay together. Uh, all right, we got <laughs> last one for you. Okay. This is a throwback. Yes. We would like to announce that after seven years together, we have decided to formally separate. For those who follow these sorts of things, we would like to explain that our separation is not the result of any speculation reported by tabloid media. This decision is the result of much thoughtful consideration. We happily remain committed and caring friends with great love and admiration for one another. You'll notice that the, you'll notice that the that the last one that you guessed uh, had to do with friendship and this one again had to do with friendship. That is not a coincidence. 
Also, spoiler, it totally had to do with the media speculation. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler. That had, was swirling around their It had to do with media speculation. This is a throwback. They were together seven years. You got this. Someone was unfaithful. You've got this. Oh, my God. I just had a mental. Hold on. No, you got this. This is like the most famous breakup ever, and everyone wants them to back together now. Oh, Brad and Ange? But Brad, Brad and, and, and and who who do they want back together? Brad and Jen. Ah, uh, yeah, everybody. Was, I was, was, and it's funny. I was about to say to you, are you looking for a reconciliation for Brad and Jen before yeah. you asked me that? Oh, you know, the I, internet is on fire. I about do it right just now. for the story. It would just be like like an <laughs> yeah. epic love story. But didn't they catch him kind of running out of her house or something? There was oh, some recently? picture. What? Like a week really? or two ago, I saw something. He was like ducking and like. Like they had a secret meeting late night. God, I need to like read back up on the websites. Honestly, I'm so <laughs> traumatized from all of my years of like hustle of working at those magazines that I like I very rarely. Well, they call me. I'm in court. They're like, what, what's your position on this case? And I was like, what case? You didn't know about Fergie? I'm like, I, I don't sit there with a ticker tape on divorce. Yeah, no. no, I really oh. don't. But hold on a minute. Let me Google it and I can get back to you. People live in like a different world <laughs> when you work in magazines. It's like yeah. breaking news. Ah, everything's like, yeah. No, I have like PTSD from those years of working at tabloids. <laughs> Anyways, we hope we have cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Good job, Vicky. I'm going to say you won that quiz. You totally won. <laughs> totally <Yeah>. won. <laughs> um, thank you so much, for uh, Vicky Siegler, for coming on the podcast. Check out her website, www.vickysiegler.com. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram at Vicky Siegler. That's V-I-K-K-I-Z-I-E-G-L-E-R. You can also check out hashtag Dear Vicky, which is a weekly interactive video segment airing live on Wednesdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Vicky's Facebook and Instagram pages. Any other plugs we should tell people about? Um, so that's good. Just keep looking out. I'm hopefully going to have some more TV stuff and radio. And I have a great hair perfume, Lavish by Vicky Ziegler, a day and night fragrance. I'll get you guys Ooh, some samples. She has beautiful hair, hair, so I trust any <laughs> products that she's Your created. husband will be very happy and your boyfriend. Oh. It smells super nice and you can put it on your body. Oh, I love that. Um, and yeah. yeah, and anyone that's thinking about getting married, the premarital journal is something that I love to give out because it really helps people figure out you know, why their relationship's going to be so strong. So you can get it on my website. I'm going to buy that for Angela. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. I'll buy that <laughs> I'm for, you. for my pre pre Why are you getting nervous? <laughs> You're pre I'm not engaged yet. <laughs> it's fine. It's but fine. This won't jinx it at all. But It'll be you great. are. <laughs> uh, plugs for ourselves. You can also check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and we have an audiobook on Audible. And you can also get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We are also on social. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 da. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 da. That was a HeadGum Podcast.